I want to say good morning to those who are here and those who are watching online, those who are watching by TV. And by the way, if you're watching online and you've kind of gotten in the habit of not coming back to the house of the Lord, we are going to be celebrating the Lord's Supper today. And you really can't do that remotely. And this is really a dress rehearsal for what's going to happen in heaven because one day there's going to be what's called the marriage supper of the Lamb. And you don't get to skip out just because it's a rainy day or because it's a holiday or whatever. And so I just want to encourage you to remember that the Bible is very clear. We should never forsake the assembling of ourselves together. So I hope even now, if you just think about it, come on down. We've got an alert service at 1045. But at least after this holiday weekend, many of you need to make a commitment. It's time to get back to the house of the Lord. And I hope that you will do that. Well, give the Lord a hand this morning. Would you do that? Thank you guys so much for being here. Um, real, real quick, you know, we kicked off college football yesterday. How many of you had a good day yesterday? How many had a good day? One of my very best friends is here uh, from Oregon. His name is Bob Hawkins. Uh, Bob is one of my best friends. Flew in for the game, stayed at my home. We were leaving today, and he said, uh, James, do I need to change the, the sheets on the bed? And I said, no, Bob, but I've never seen so many feathers left on a bed in my life. So... I don't know how that works. Now, today we are celebrating the Lord's Supper, and it's a celebration. And it actually, to be honest with you, this is an event that's, although it's, it's 2,000 years old, it's actually based on an event that really went back 1,000 years before that. 3,000 years ago, uh, the Jews had um, an event that happened that they call to this day Passover. And for those of you who don't know the story, to make it super, super brief, they were in slavery. God was going to free them. God was going to let them go. But he was going to send a death angel throughout all of Egypt. And he, and he told the people of Israel, Moses told the people of Israel, paint blood on the doorpost of your house. And if the angel sees the blood, he will pass over your house and nobody will die. To this day, Israel celebrates the Passover. Now, we're not Jews. We're Christians. But we celebrate a Passover. It's the Lord's Supper. And the simple message of the Lord's Supper is this. It's real simple. For those of you who don't even know, why do you do this? It may seem weird to see what we do here. But the simple message of the Lord's Supper is, is, is because of the death of the body of Jesus and the shedding of the blood of Jesus, only because of that, for no other reason, a holy God can pass over our sins. Not because you go to church, not because you've been baptized, not because you're a good person, not because you pay your taxes, not even because you say go dogs. It doesn't matter. Because of his body 
In his blood, he passes over our sins. That's why, you know, so often we come and we take the Lord's Supper, and I've watched pastors do this, and they kind of think they ought to have a somber look on their face and kind of everybody will kind of frown, yeah, we're, we're observing the Lord's Supper. Listen, this is a time of celebration. We have not come to mourn a dead Savior. We've come to celebrate a risen Lord. He's alive and well today. But he has left us an event. He's left us a meal that we are to celebrate periodically as a way of loving him and focusing on him. So for those of you who are tuning in and you're used to seeing a, you know, kind of a full sermon, the supper today is the sermon. That's what we do here. But I want to just say six very quick things about the Lord's Supper. You can write them down or not. Not, 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 not really important whether you do or not. I want you just to focus today. First of all, what, what are we doing here? Well, the Lord's Supper is a time of commemoration. It's a time of commemoration. Here's what we read in 1 Corinthians 11. If you want to follow along, 1 Corinthians 11, verse 24. And when he had given thanks, he broke it and said, This is my body, which is for you. Do this in remembrance of me. In the same way, he took the cup also after supper, saying, This cup is the new covenant in my blood. Do this as often as you drink it in remembrance of me. So Jesus said, when you take the Lord's Supper, drop everything you're doing, turn off your cell phone, get off of social media, close your books, don't think about anything else. I want you to focus specifically on me, my body, and my blood. I want to be your sole focus. Because living in a day-to-day -day when many people will grant, oh, I believe he was a great teacher, I believe he was a great philosopher, I believe he was a great moral leader, Jesus himself said this, and this is why I know that's all wrong. Jesus said, I don't really want you just to remember how I lived. I want you to remember how I died. I want you to focus on my body. I want you to focus on my blood. This is a time of commemoration. We look back to when Jesus died on the cross. Number two, the Lord's Supper is a time of appreciation. Not just a time of commemoration, but appreciation. It's a time of thanksgiving. This is a time when we all get to come together and, and put all the worries of the world aside and we just simply do one thing. Lord, thank you. Thank you for sending your son. Lord Jesus, thank you for leaving heaven. Holy Spirit of God, thank you that you convicted me of my sin. And Lord, thank you that I can see the cross in a way the other world, the world doesn't see the cross. Thank you that I don't see the cross as a piece of jewelry you can wear around your neck, whether you believe in it or not. I want to thank you that you've opened the eyes of my heart that I can see the cross is a place where you sent your son and let his body be broken, his blood be shed, that my sin might be forgiven. And if that doesn't put a thank you and a hallelujah in your heart, you need Jesus worse than you even imagine. It's a time of appreciation. It's also a time of proclamation. Here's what we read in verse 26. Now, we don't take this very seriously. He says, as often as you eat this bread and drink this cup, you proclaim the Lord's death until he comes. All right, I'm going to ask a question I've never asked before. Let's see how close you've been paying attention, Okay. Who's preaching right now? Who's preaching right now? Who? Yeah. Who's about to preach in just a minute? You are. You're going to preach. That's what he said. He said as often as you, if you're here today, when you take the Lord's Supper, he said, you know what you're doing? You are actually preaching a sermon. So if anybody ever says to you, have you ever preached in your life? You tell, yeah, I have. And I did it for free. Didn't get paid. And you know what? 
you're not going to believe this. I preached the first sermon in history and never said a word. Well, how do you do that? I took the Lord's Supper. He said, you proclaim. When you take the Lord's Supper, we are all preaching a sermon together. What are we preaching? We're telling the world. Why do we take this bread in just a moment? Well, that's the body of Christ. Why do we drink this cup of red juice? Because that's the blood of Christ. And by the way, you parents who are here, I hope you've got your kids here today, or if you haven't, I hope you tell your kids about what you're going to do, because one of the best ways you can explain the gospel to children is to tell them why you're taking the supper. I remember I was a four-year-old boy. I still remember this. We were at El Bethel Baptist Church in Tampa, Florida. Mom and Dad, we were taking the Lord's Supper, and you know I wanted to take it too. And I still remember my dad didn't do it hard, but he popped my hand. I started to take the, they were passing, you know, and he popped me, he said, you can't do that. It broke my heart. And he explained to me, though, very clearly, he said, son, there'll be a time when you really know Jesus. And I said, well, I love Jesus, I know that, but there'll be a time when you really know Jesus, you can do that. We're preaching a sermon. It's a time of proclamation. It's a time of examination. Now listen to what he says in verse 27. Therefore, whoever eats the bread or drinks the cup of the Lord in an unworthy manner shall be guilty of the body and the blood of the Lord. He said, but a man must examine himself before they eat of the bread and drink from the cup. Now, this is something that's very serious. And this is why the Lord's Supper, I love doing it periodically. Well, you came to do whether you realize it or not, you're about to become your own personal doctor. And you're about to give yourself your own personal x-ray. You're about to ask God to search your heart because you cannot, the only way you should, there's only two people that should not take the Lord's Supper today in this room. If you do not know Jesus, you can't take the supper. You're not a part, you don't have a place at the table. Now you can have, we'll explain that in a moment. But even if you do know Jesus, is there any unconfessed sin in your life? Is there anything you're holding on to you know that you ought to let go? Whether it's your bitterness, your anger, your greed, your selfishness, your jealousy, whatever it might be, is there anything in your heart that you know, you know, I need to let that go? That word that, that, that we use for examine, it means to qualify. In other words, Jesus is saying, or Paul was saying, you've got to make sure that you are qualified to receive the Lord's Supper. Well, you say, well, what qualifies you to take the Lord's Supper? Two things. Number one, have you received Jesus Christ as your Lord and as your Savior? The answer to that is yes, you're qualified, maybe, maybe. Number two, not only is the question, have you received the Lord Jesus, but the other question is, is there any sin in your life right now that you're willing to confess and you're willing to repent of? So I want us to do something together. I want you to bow your heads. I want you to close your eyes. And I want you to pray this prayer out loud with me right now. Everybody pray it together with me. Ready? Search me, O God, and know my heart. Try me and know my thoughts. See if there is any evil way in me. Convict me of that evil way. And give me the strength to turn away from it so that I'll walk in the way everlasting. I want you to take a moment and let's just let God answer that prayer. Listen to what God says. Search me, O God, know my heart. Try me, know my thoughts. See if there be any wicked way in me and lead me in the way everlasting. And just be silent for a moment. Trust me, anything that's there, <clears throat> he'll point it out.
Lord, you brought two things to my mind about me. I confess them. I repent of them. And I receive your forgiveness. Amen. Here's the next thing. The Lord's Supper is a time of consideration. So here's what he says in verse 30, uh, 30, 33. He said, so then, my brothers and sisters, when you gather to eat, you should all eat together. And literally what that says is, is you should all wait for each other together. In other words, what Paul was saying was, the Lord's Supper is a time when we don't just remember Jesus, we remember each other. So, for example, in just a moment when we take the Lord's Supper, I want you to remember two people. You and the person sitting next to you. Because when you take the Lord's Supper, I want you to consider, number one, Jesus died for you. But I also want you to remember that Jesus died for the person beside you and the person in front of you and the person in back of you and the person that is with you. Because Jesus died for everybody. And let me just make that, I want to say that again, because some, some preachers say you can't say that. I can. Jesus died for everybody. He died for the Democrat, the Republican, the liberal, the conservative, the Muslim, the Jew, the Christian. Jesus died for everybody. So as we come together, so often, you know what we do? We come to church. We don't even really look at other people, speak to other people, talk to other people. We just kind of come, do our thing, and leave. Jesus said, no, 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 no. You always, there are people around you right now. Let me tell you. There are people around you right now, they're hurting, they're sucking air, you don't know what they're going through, and you may not, you say, I don't even know who they are, but you know what, even right now, you could say, Lord, you died for that person next to me, you died for that person in front of me, I don't know what they're going through, I don't know what, what, what problems they may be facing, but Lord, would you just show yourself strong in their behalf, and would you just use today to remind them that if you love them enough to die for them, you certainly have the power to care for them. And you have the power to meet every need that they have. The Lord's Supper is a time of consideration. The Lord's Supper is a time of anticipation. He says in verse 26, he said, for whenever you eat this bread and drink this cup, he said, you proclaim the Lord's death until he comes. So the Lord's Supper is really when you take three looks. You look back. To what he did you look out to what he's doing and you look forward to what he is about to do so he gave his body and he shed his blood and even today he's living in us in the power of the Holy Spirit but he said hey you do this until I come so the Lord's Supper is a link between the two comings of Jesus it's a picture of his death but it's also a promise of his coming it points backward to the crucifixion. It points forward to his coming. It looks backward to a cross, but it looks upward to the clouds. So this is the message today. There was a man named Jesus. He was a man just like you and me. And we know that because his body could be broken, and it was, and his blood could be shed, and it was. And only human beings can shed blood. Only human beings can die, and he certainly died with one exception, three days later, physically, literally, visibly, he came back from the dead. One day we're gonna see him, 
He's going to come back for us. And he's still going to have those scars in his hands. That's an amazing thought to me. Still going to, if you, you know, we won't doubt him like Thomas did. But by the way, just in case you're, you're in heaven and you go, I'm still not quite sure. He still say, well, come, come touch, come feel. I am who I am. I did what I said I did. And I can do what I say I will do. This is the Jesus that we come to celebrate. This is why we take time to celebrate the Lord's Supper. So I want to close with a story. It's one of my favorite stories. It's not a real simple such a great reminder. One of the biggest things we Christians do, in fact, one of the biggest things we Americans do is we take so many things for granted. You know, I'll give you just one simple example. You know what we take for granted every day? Clean water. Well, think about it. Well, think about it. Two-thirds of the world does not have access to clean water. Did you hear what I just said? Two-thirds of this world doesn't even have access. We think that we drink clean water, we bathe in it, and never think a thing about it. And there's something else I'm afraid that we just kind of ho-hum take for granted that we never ever should. So this is the story. Maybe the greatest preacher who ever lived outside of the Apostle Paul, of course Jesus always is the greatest of all, but outside of the Apostle Paul, humanly speaking, maybe by consensus people might say the greatest preacher was a man named Charles Spurgeon. Many of you have heard of Charles Spurgeon, great British preacher. Still today, the most published preacher in the history of the world. He died of gout when he was 54 years old. He was in France trying to recover, but it was pretty obvious this time he wasn't going to make it. His wife was by his bedside, and I don't know whether Spurgeon knew he was taking, saying his last words or not, but his wife was just distraught. She was so upset you could imagine losing her beloved husband. Not knowing it would be his last words, but they were, Spurgeon reached over and took her hand. And he took a deep breath. This was just before he died. He took a deep breath. And he said four words. Jesus died for me. Life is tough. Sometimes we all wonder when bad things happen to us, why would a good God let a bad thing happen to other people? That's the big question. Everybody's always, whenever there's a tsunami or there's a plane crash or there's a whirlwind or there's a tornado and people get, why would a good God, if God is so good, if God really loves us, why does he let bad things happen? It's a tough question. But there's one answer that cannot be denied. Here's how I know. I don't care what happens to me. I don't care what happens. Here's how I know God loves me. Here's how I know that God cares for me. Here's how I know I can always count on God no matter what. Here's how I know it. Jesus died for me. So we're going to take the supper right now. And so I, if, if anybody does not yet have uh, the... Um, the elements. Would you just raise your hand? We'll make sure everybody's got, got one. If you need anybody at all, we want to make sure everybody's got the, the elements. Now, let me just say again, with all due respect, um, if you're a believer, you've trusted Jesus, you've been born again, we want you to take the Lord's Supper. We are certainly welcome. We don't, we don't practice what's called closed communion. You know, some churches say, no, if you're not a member of our church, or if you're not a Baptist, or you're not this or that, no, I don't care whether you're Presbyterian, Methodist, Episcopalian, Lutheran, doesn't matter to me. If you've been born again and you know Christ, we certainly invite you to take the supper. But this is what Jesus said. 
He said, this is my body, which is broken for you. And he blessed it. And he said, as often as you eat this, you do it in remembrance of me. Lord Jesus, we'll never know ever the agony that you went through, ever. We'll never know the agony you went through, the torture, the pain, the suffering. But we do know this. It was because of our sin that you did it. And we thank you for your precious body, that sinless body that was broken for us. And then the scripture says Jesus took the cup. And he said, likewise, this cup is the new covenant. A covenant's a promise that can't be broken, not by God. He said, this cup is the new covenant in my blood. As often as you drink it, you do it in remembrance of me. And one of the marks of a New Testament church, don't ever forget this. There's two things true churches are never ashamed of, ever. They're never ashamed of this book. And they're never ashamed of his blood, never. It's the new covenant in my blood. As often as you drink it, you do it in remembrance of me because it's the blood of Jesus that cleanses us from all sin. Now, would you just keep your heads bowed and eyes closed for just a moment? Here's my question. <clears throat> I wonder who here today, you did not take part in the suffering. Not because you're a bad person. We're all sinners. Not because maybe I just didn't feel worthy to do it. No, you didn't take the Lord's Supper because you don't have a seat at the table. Because you cannot take part of the Lord's Supper if you're not a part of the Lord's family. And you cannot be a part of the Lord's family until you receive Jesus Christ as your Lord. And I wonder who might be here this morning, or I wonder who might be watching online right now, and that's you. Yeah, that's me. I've, I've never really trusted Christ. I go to church. I'm religious. I believe in God. I got sprinkled when I was a baby. Try to live a good life. But I've never been born again. I've never, ever confessed to Jesus, I need a Savior, and He is that Savior. And if you would say that today, it may be a little boy, a little girl, it may be a grown man or a grown woman, maybe a teenager, I don't know. Maybe someone watching right now here around the world, you'd say, I don't ever want to ever see or be a part of a Lord's Supper again that I don't participate. I want my seat at the table. There is one with your name on it. You just have to accept it. And if that's the desire of your heart right now, would you just in your heart just pray this with me right now? Would you just say, Lord Jesus, I don't deserve to be a part of anything that concerns you because I am a sinner. I do need a Savior because I cannot save myself. But I believe you died for my sins. And I believe that God raised you from the dead. And I believe you're alive right now. So here and now, with the sincerity of all of my heart, 
I confess you as my Lord. I trust you as my Savior. I repent of my sins. I surrender my life to you. I accept your forgiveness of all of my sins. And I'll receive your gift of eternal life. Very simple. I know there's some thinking, you mean that's it? Yeah, if you meant it. You mean business with God, he means business with you. My question is this. I wonder who might be here today and you'd say today, and you're not ashamed of it. If you won't be, it's not a big thing. If you prayed that prayer with me just then and you really truly meant that prayer, would you just shoot your hand up right now, just real quickly, just let me see. Hey, thank you. God bless you. Thank you. Anybody else? Just shoot your hand up real quick. Thank you. I'll see that hand back there. Thank you. God bless you. If you are watching online right now, or you lifted your hand, let me tell you what I want you to do. For those of you who are watching online, if you made that decision today, we'd like to know about it. We'd like to help you take your next step with God, okay? And if you'll just go to a website, crosspointchurch.com slash next. Just do that right now. Get on your iPhone, iPad, computer. Just text it to us. We will help you get started in your walk with God. If you raise your hand, there were several of you that raised your hand just then. If you were sincere and you meant it, let me tell you what I'd like to ask you to do. This will be so quick and so easy. When this service is over, back in our lobby, there is a, a desk. You can't miss it. It's called Next Steps. Because those of you that raised your hand today, now you took the first step to salvation. You took the first step. You've been born again. You're now a part of God's family. But now that you're a part of God's family, there are certain things now that you need to do. Uh, you're a baby Christian. You need to start growing. We want to help you do that. One of the ways you let the world know that you have become a believer is you follow Jesus in baptism. The very first thing God requires of a new believer is to be baptized. And you get baptized after you're saved, not before. So I'm going to ask that those of you that raised your hand today, when this service is over, just go back to that table at Next Steps. There'll be people back there. Here's all you need to say. Hey, I just want you to know I, I prayed with the pastor a while ago, or I gave my life to Christ, or I surrendered my life to Jesus. That's all you need to say. That's it. They know exactly what to do next. They'll help you begin to take your next step with the Lord, and it will be a great, great thing for us and a great thing for you. I'm going to pray in a moment, and we're going to have another great song of worship, and I want you to join us in that song, all right? Lord, in the name of Jesus, I just want to thank you. I never, ever, ever want to take for granted I have a seat at the table. And I want to thank you, Lord, that, and I want to make it plain to the people listening to me right now. I don't have a seat at the table because I'm James Merritt, because I've done this or I've done that. I have a seat at the table. You gave it to me when I was a nine-year-old boy, and I realized I was a sinner that needed a Savior. I realized you were that Savior, and Lord Jesus, I trusted you as my Savior. Lord, may nobody leave this building. May nobody get off this live broadcast today, nobody, without knowing the same thing that I know. And I bless you for it in Jesus' name. Amen. Now, would you stand to your feet right now as, the, as our team comes, and let's sing this last, and I mean, it's a great song. Let's sing it like we mean it because we know that it's true. <laughs> 